the energy that you give out on Instagram to your friends, to your family, and in life, I believe is the energy that you receive back. If you truly manifest a positive attitude and if you truly manifest positivity and happiness and love, you will get all of those things back and more. Hi there, and welcome to the Let's Thrive podcast. My name is Emily Feichels, and I started this page to inspire, educate, and empower any who listen. Like most people, I'm a curious soul and love to chat with my guests on all things health, wellness, spirituality, entrepreneurship, and so much more. I hope you'll stick around for a time or two. And with that said, let's thrive. Hi there, and welcome to Let's Thrive. I'm your host, Emily Feichels, and I'm just a young woman on a mission to make health and wellness accessible to all. I do this by bringing on guests that inspire me, educate me, and empower me in the hopes that they'll do the same for you. I truly think that you can find at least some tidbit of advice, inspiration, empowerment to take from each guest, and knowing that you can do that fulfills me, makes my heart happy. And so if you've, you know, been around for a while, thank you. If you're brand new, welcome. I promise each episode gets better than the last, (laughs) as everything does with practice after all. So yeah, I'm just going to jump right into introducing today's guest because she is so flippin' amazing. Plus, we have a not sponsored post sponsored slot, ad slot, but something that I just absolutely love, adore, and want to share with you guys. So stay tuned for that. But as for today's guest, and the reason why I'm so giddy right now is because Olivia Nosita from the Instagram we should all know and love at Olive Eats is on the show today. And I know this sounds like crazy and gloaty, not glo- or like boasty, I guess, of me, like I'm boasting, but I'm not. I'm just so excited because when I started this podcast, I made a list of people that, you know, I dreamed I could ever have on the podcast. And I imagined literally, I don't know what I imagined, you know, that like two years from now, I'd be rolling, rolling in the podcast world and I could get these people on. And then, you know, with time, I was just like, well, screw that. I'm just going to reach for the stars. So I did, emailed a bunch of guests whom, you know, I just couldn't imagine ever having the opportunity to talk to like this and they all agreed <laughs> and Olivia was part of that and I you know did a little happy dance when I saw her return email so I'm just uber excited for you guys to hear this I think she is such an amazingly raw and beautiful soul with so much to share that I am bursting at the seams for you guys to hear today's episode We start out by discussing the how, why, and when that she started her account, which wasn't for the reasons that I thought, in a good way. And I think, you know, some of you will be surprised because I've never heard her, you know, talk about this on any other podcast, uh, not so much even on her account because it was so long ago. And in this, we discuss the social media hiatus that she took, which was a year-long break completely off of Instagram. I had found her just before that. And I remember I was so sad because I just found her and then she left. But as you'll hear in the, here, that year was so transformative for her. It opened up so many doorways and changed her life so much that I almost am inspired to take one, <laughs> except I have this podcast now and Instagram, I hate love you, but certainly love you in this case. We go over what the hiatus meant for her, why she did it, and I ask what I thought was a rather interesting question of how she would describe herself before it and after it. And 
you know, not surprising, but she, she tuned into that. She knew exactly what I was asking and she actually had a difference that she could explain and it, it was amazing to hear. I actually connected to it quite a bit. And in this, you know, we go over how Instagram can be used for good to cultivate community, build relationships, connect with people like you and I and all of us in this community. We go over, you know, how she got started into the health and the struggles she's faced coming into the scene, which I'll explain a bit more in a couple minutes. So we go over rituals and routines and how to set boundaries with them. Basically, the idea of how important it is to have a routine, ritual, something that grounds you, but then also knowing how to be okay when it doesn't go according to plan. And she puts this so beautifully. I ask her about her wonderful relationship that we all know she's in, yet we don't know too much about. And she does that, you know, for a very valid point, which you'll hear about. She explains how she manages a relationship with a diverse partner that isn't as interested in health as her, yet how they, you know, make it work. And I think it's absolutely beautiful. Whether you are in a relationship, friendship, family, whatever, when there's that difference between health and not so much health, it can really cause stress. And the way she explains it is phenomenal for that. She shares her struggles with IBS, gut issues, gets very real, <laughs> which I absolutely adore. You know, I'm the type of person, give me, give me it all, details and all, nothing is TMI for me. I just want to know, you know, how I can help myself, really, etc. She also goes over her skin journey, which, you know, as we all know, the skin and gut are very connected. Uh, you know, she has genetic factors and lifestyle and what she did to fix it, you know, and come to peace with it and how she manages it now. She shares her, you know, more recently shared, I guess, on Instagram story and journey with, now I'm going to try to say this, but idiopathic angioderma, which is, a, I guess it would be a skin inflammation condition. You'll hear her explain it in here, where it started and where she's at with it now and how she's kind of learned to manage her lifestyle with it which is where we, of course, get on the topic of CBD. And if you follow Olivia, you know that she uses it. I recently started to use it as my body is in constant fight mode, inflammation as it tries to kick this virus. So I have become a lover of CBD. I do not rely on it. I supplement with it to control my body's inflammation levels, uh, stress markers, and hopefully, you know, try to improve my health. But Olivia explains how it has transformed, you know, her health, how she uses it, what she recommends. I thought it was a very fascinating conversation as I haven't really talked openly about CBD with anybody before. And I mean, we just talk about so much. I'm sure you will find something to relate to. And I guess, you know, to be honest here, when I have these guests on whom I admire so much, I have a very big case of imposter syndrome of you know, why do they agree <laughs> to donate an hour to an hour and a half of their day to speak with little old me and my little old podcast? And I was really feeling that in this case because I just couldn't fathom, you know, that these people are willing to do that for me. And, you know, I've just been let down a lot, I guess, before, which has built that up in me. And I kind of alluded to something along the lines of how I was so grateful when we quit recording, I alluded to the idea that I was so grateful she had taken time for someone like me. And she shut me up right there and basically just gave me like a five-minute talk down about how 
she views everything I do equal to her and just, I can't even explain it. I'm at such a loss for words because it was so moving. But the way she was so open to this whole experience and the way she made me feel, you know, that we are equals and the work I do is no less, no greater than the work she does. And the same goes to all of you. We all do our own work and it's all worthy and it's all meaningful. And she just really made sure (laughs) that before we ended our call, I understood that I, you know, I am worthy and so are you and everyone is worthy of what we desire, uh, you know, and especially when you invest heart, soul into it. And that's what I've done with this podcast. And having that conversation with her really, really made me smile, really warmed my heart and kind of lit the fire under me to keep going and, you know, just keep reaching, keep reaching for those stars. So if you don't take anything from this episode, take something from that little spiel, but I'm certain you will. If you like today's show, go on iTunes. You can leave a rate, review, subscribe if you're feeling up to it. Otherwise, it is no worries. You can find Olivia on Instagram at Olive Eats. So at olive.eeeats. I'll link it below. And you can find me on Instagram at thrive underscore on life. Also, if you do resonate with something, feel free to message either of us, share it on your Instagram story, tag us. You guys know, that warms my heart. So without further ado, here's a word from a product I'm loving, and then let's jump in to this week's episode. So as promised, my latest product or service, I suppose, that I have been loving is It's Magazine. Now, this publication is special in that it was created by my first ever podcast guest, Jen, from the Instagram we all know and love, Learning From Balance. My love for reading has been fulfilled with its magazine because every article is something that either inspires, educates, or empowers me. Its magazine is a lifestyle publication that aims to create an informative, supportive, and inclusive community through a variety of topics. These include sustainability, mental health, fast fashion, and eco-friendly fashion, recovery stories, lifestyle hacks, and so much more. Better yet, I'll be making a guest appearance where you can read my entire journey, some of which I've never shared anywhere before. To keep up to date on releases, topics, and guests, follow It's Magazine on Instagram at Welcome to It's. W-E-L-C-O-M-E-T-O-I-T-S. The second issue is released August 16th, right after this podcast episode. Or before it, if you're listening later. And not to give anything away, but you may want to check this second issue out, especially if you're curious about my story at all. But I'll just leave it at that. If you go to the Welcome to It's bio on Instagram, you'll find a link to download the first issue for free. That's right, and we all love a good freebie, don't we now? More so, if you needed any more push to get it, I read the first publication at 11.30 at night because I could not stop. It was so interesting. I'm in love with this publication, and I hope you become so too. Check it out for free and then follow along for more and let me know your thoughts on it. I'd love to connect and discuss what you thought about It's Magazine. Yay! I'm so excited to be doing this. <laughs> me too. I'm like, thank you so much for agreeing to this. Oh yeah. my gosh, thank you. I appreciate you. It's like, <laughs> for me, it's always so exciting to get emails like this because I mean, obviously the reason I have an Instagram is for like shock. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> 
so fun for me to be able to just be like, oh, like, you want to hear about my life for an hour? Let's do it. Well, I'm honored. Like, I think I first heard you on, I think it's Georgie, like, In It for the Long Run. Yeah, Georgie Morley. Yeah, her podcast. That was the changed her name to Georgie Morley. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's transitioning from In It to the Long Run to Georgie Morley, I think, as of yesterday. Oh, good. I I like that. I like that transition. So, huh? Well, to start off, I always ask, what is one thing that has made you smile today? My workout made me smile today. I love working out in the morning. On Friday mornings, I get up and go to a 6 a.m. class. So just being able to be in the room with a bunch of other like-minded people and getting an early start to the day, just put a smile on my face. I agree. I just came from my workout and (laughs) it was a major mood boost. Those endorphins. Honestly. Have you always been a morning person or is that something you've like worked on? I don't even know if I'm a morning person, honestly. I feel like I'm like a force myself to do whatever I need to do person. I definitely have, I was not a morning person. Like in high school, I would stay up till 3 a.m. Skyping when that was a thing. And I would be late to zero period. Um, And then as I got older, I kind of found that like getting up earlier in the morning helps me to take it slower. So I would say that I'm a morning person in the sense that I'll always wake up a little bit earlier to make sure that everything flows right before my day starts. But I know people that are like, oh, like my boyfriend gets up at 5.30 and he's like, this is my natural clock. And I'm like, my natural clock is like 10 o'clock, you know, but. Are you big into like a morning routine or ritual then? Is that something that you find to be important? That is probably the reason that I, that is my morning routine is what I can attribute to my life being as wonderful as it is right now. I would say that creating a morning routine has the and totally changed my life for the better. Um, and it's something that I've worked really hard on for the last few years and just kind of working through finding it and seeing what is really what the best routine is for me. Um, it's absolutely, I'm a morning routine person and I'm a nightly routine person too. I I love routine. (laughs) I love routine. Honestly, as soon as my routine gets broken, (laughs) it's like mental breakdown, whole days ruined. Yeah, totally. And it's learning too. It's learning how to cope with the breaking down of the routine can be a total challenge in and of itself. I think there's like, it's totally a spectrum, right? It's like you're either a routine person or not a routine person. And I always try to live in the middle and be like, I can be spontaneous sometimes. Because if my, it would have been like, even 10 months ago, if my routine was broken, I would just be like on the floor crying. Like, I can't do anything today. Well, I love that. And I think every most people that follow you, I your morning routine that you always, you know, you share bits and pieces of it. It's it's a must. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, I love being able to share it with everybody. Well, that being said, would you mind introducing who you are and your Instagram, which is how I stumbled upon you and, you know, just kind of what you do in a nutshell? Yeah. So hi, everybody listening. My name is Olivia Noseda, um, but on Instagram, I'm Olive Eats. I started my Instagram as kind of a, an homage to food art back in, gosh, 2014 or, no, actually 2016, um, about three years ago. 
And it was a really fun way for me to just kind of create new recipes and learn how to cook. And then I took a year off. I just signed off one day in the middle of graduate school, in the middle of getting my master's degree. I'm now a, a certified speech and language pathologist. Um, I left Instagram for a year, focused on myself, my life, everything. And then I came back last summer to Instagram. And since then, it's really changed. It's not as much um, me eating, but really me living. And so it's it's a, a big compilation of my lifestyle. So my workouts, my morning routines, the food I do eat, and then like a lot of inspiration, a lot of things that I'm kind of continuing to learn. I like to explain it to people as my Instagram really being kind of this journal of my life. Um, and taking that journal and making it public without, you know, giving too much information. I love being able to really be real, um, to be real on my Instagram and to have this transparency to make everyone feel like they are my real life friend and like we all really know each other because I do think Instagram has the potential to be so supportive and such a wonderful community. And so really what Olive Eats does is she just tries to, she's my alter ego, but she just tries to foster that community and foster that support and, um, it would be nothing without all of the women and men that are, that are participating every day within, within the Instagram community. Well, yours is one of my favorite to follow. It's the one that I always <laughs> check back on. Thank you. Yeah. I'm curious though, you know, if you had to kind of describe yourself, sum up some characteristics about you, how would you describe yourself kind of this pre Instagram break? And then after it, whether it was your attitude towards the app or just, you know, kind of your day-to-day -day attributes. I'm a completely different person. Um, and I think that part of that is because I've grown older and I've experienced more of life. And I, I think too, like you can't experience so much in one year, but I do think that in your twenties, you have one to two years that are extremely transformative. And for me, it was between... 24 and 25. Um, before, when I started my Instagram, I mean, graduating from college, I was coming off of a breakup, which kind of sparked my entire ideas of getting healthy. I just wanted to change my lifestyle. I was extremely unhealthy in college. Um, I, I don't really talk about it much, but I lost about 35 pounds after college. And it's, it's not really a part of my story anymore, but I just didn't really care about my health. I, it was not something I ever thought about. And then when I joined a sorority in college, I started to kind of contract body image issues because every single girl in my sorority was so concerned with their body. And I had never, ever been concerned with mine before. And then all these girls were going on diets for date parties. And I was like, I want to diet too. And let's eat these like raw green bell peppers. And I started to look at my body very differently in the mirror, but I was still um, obtaining really unhealthy habits. I wasn't getting a lot of sleep. My skin was horribly acne ridden, which is partly genetic and partly lifestyle based. And um, I was just someone, I think I was very much, I was aloof. I didn't care. Even when I started my Instagram and was trying to get healthy, I think I was very much coasting along um, in the ideas of what health and wellness was. You know, oh, here I am eating this bread. I'm so healthy. But I wasn't creating a morning routine and I wasn't, um, I wasn't 
truly happy in my life. I wasn't really, um, you know, doing things that made me happy. Um, I trained to become a yoga teacher within the time that I had started that Instagram and that really changed my life. At that point, I started to gain a lot of physical awareness, which I attribute to a lot to who I am now. I think that gaining emotional, um, emotional and physical awareness of yourself is the single most important thing you can do for your life. Um, and it, it takes something different for everybody, but my physical awareness came with yoga teacher training. I started to realize kind of how my body wanted to move and what made it happy. And I started to feel endorphins and all of these things. Fast forward to living in Portland. I suffered from really, really intense seasonal depression. Um, I wasn't making any friends. I was kind of just cooking to cook. I always tell people that I was like, just making these meals that I feel like people wanted to see on Instagram. And then I would like put them down the drain and it made me sick. I was like, why am I doing this? Like, I'm not eating this oatmeal. I'm not eating these pancakes. I'm just doing it for, for what? Um, and I'm not, I don't have any friends. I'm, I was working three jobs. I was in grad school. So then I left Instagram and I feel like I like to explain it as like a Lotus flower. Like my, my Lotus had like, bloomed when I had started my Instagram. And then when I left Instagram, it blossomed and it really opened up. And I just started focusing on, I read, I gave myself knowledge about Buddhist practice. I did more yoga. I found Orange Theory, which was a massive game changer in my life, learning how to really be an athlete. Um, and I started to take care of myself in the sense of finding those morning routines, not worrying about being on my phone, really taking myself away from technology. And so I would say if like we're going to, because I just went on a 45 minute tangent, the one, the really like the one word that I can compare myself to is before, before my hiatus, I was aloof, I was coasting and now I'm present and I'm very present in every single moment of my life now. And I'm very aware of what makes me feel good and what doesn't make me feel good. And I live my life based off of that rationality and those feelings. And being able to make those decisions so sound has allowed me to live a really, really beautiful and healthy life. I love that. Oh my gosh. I, I, I think a lot of people could probably relate. And I know I personally in the same way where I just feel like there was so much in my life. I was, that word aloof is perfect for it. Just mm -hmm. almost floating in the clouds and not able to connect with my body. So of course I'm not going to appreciate it, you know? And when you're stuck in your head, I mean, it just, it makes you hone in on everything that is wrong. And the moment I was able to get grounded and present and, you know, appreciate my body and, you know, stop those obsessive thought patterns, that's when things started to like happen, you know? That's when good things started to pop up and I just started to notice, you know, all the good instead of the bad. So I, I love that. And I think I remember, you know, when you took your break and you came back and I was, I just gave you such credit because that is such a phenomenal thing to do. And, you know, I think I would struggle with it, honestly, but I think it would be good. <laughs> it's so hard. Like the first, I think I was really ready though, because I remember when I did it, I was like, I don't even want to do this anymore. I'm so over this. And I was, I have to say, I was also falling in love. And I think that's a really, really easy way to be like, 
and I'm a Pisces. So like throw everything out the window and just like throw myself into this like relationship and whatever it was, I was just very much like wanted to really experience life with who he's still my, my current boyfriend. And I really wanted to experience life with him and presence with him. And the funny thing is, is he doesn't have social media. He doesn't have Facebook, no Instagram, nothing. So I was like, oh my gosh, he's going to be so overwhelmed by my lifestyle. It's not even going to be funny. And then I just realized, I was like, I am like coasting right now. And I just want to like, I want someone to pinch me and I want to feel it and be like, yes, thank you for pinching me. And, and maybe he was, he was the little, the catalyst I needed to really leave, but it was very difficult. There were times where I was like, am I going to go back? Am I not? You know, it's social media can, is like a drug. It's like a drug. And so when you get off of it, it's really scary even so to come back because you know, you know the good and you know the bad. Amen to that. And so you mentioned, I mean, I, and you don't, you know, I, I think you keep a very good balance between, you know, like, obviously we know you're in a relationship, but it's not like he's plastered like anywhere. So how do you, you know, manage a relationship with someone? I don't know, maybe if he is into all the same things as you, you know, like astrology and yoga and breath work, how do you, you know, manage a relationship with someone who maybe is into that stuff, maybe isn't, and, you know, kind of grow alongside each other? That's a really beautiful question. I appreciate you for asking that. Um, it's difficult. I will say, um, as someone who's so hyper-focused on health and wellness, um, I date someone with like, okay, so I have IBS and he has like the biome of like a steel hammer. He could eat whatever he wanted and be fine. Um, and his favorite foods are like Chipotle, pizza, and Thai food, like noodles. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, everything that will literally make me go to the bathroom. So like, hold on. But you know what we, I'm, I'm so incredibly blessed. And like you said, I don't, I don't really talk about my relationship much on social media, mainly because I really like to respect his privacy and he doesn't love the idea of being out there for 50,000 people a day, which I totally understand. Um, but he's also my person, my biggest confidant and, and my love, and he's my partner in life. And I think when you find somebody who is your partner, they're willing to kind of understand and want to learn about the things that you're passionate about. So when I met him, he had never done yoga before. And we started going to yoga once a week, every single Saturday. And that was a way for him to show me, like, I love you. And I kind of want to, to immerse myself in the things that make you happy. Um, we talk about horoscopes all of the time. He, he thinks I'm insane, but he just sits there and like, he takes it and he runs with it. And it's a really beautiful, um, it's a really beautiful partnership when you can communicate your needs and wants with somebody and they can communicate your needs and wants with you. And then you can come to a balance with that. And, and I would suggest that for anybody who's in a relationship that is maybe more focused on health or, or like astrology or, you know, kind of the like little like floofy things that mo that maybe their partner isn't into to talk to them about it and, and also to have that awareness of really what's in, what is 
so important to you that you want to bring into your relationship. Because I will say there's a lot of things that I don't really bring into our relationship because I know that it doesn't necessarily interest him. Like we're not sitting on Instagram when we're together, but I will talk about horoscopes. Um, he doesn't drink coffee, but he learned, he like watched hours and hours of YouTube videos to learn how to make me like hand dripped coffee, which is like the sweetest thing in the world because he knows mainly that I'm, that I'm a BITCH without it, but he knows how much I love it and how important that morning routine is for me when I'm at his house. So I do think it's really about communication and also the self-awareness of knowing what, what do I want to bring into this relationship and what is it important for, for me that my partner, um, that my partner can like do with me. And I would say vice versa, open yourself up to new things. So like I eat, if it were like, if I were single, I would probably wouldn't be out eating pizza all the time. I wouldn't be going to Shake Shack and having cookies and donuts at 1 a.m. But I want to live and I want to live in the moment with him. And, you know, he's not as, you know, healthy as I am. And, and he's very healthy, but I'm also a bit like stringent. And there are times on like a Saturday night where he's like, let's go get donuts. And I'm like, you know what? If that makes you happy, I want to do that. And so it, it allows for our relationship to have a supernatural ebb and flow. And I think that's really the, the best, the best way to describe it. I think that's beautiful because so many people, myself included, always wonder like, what the heck do I do if, you know, I wind up with someone whose values don't align with mine, but you know what you're saying, it's kind of like that give and take modality of he's going to yoga with you. You're going to get donuts with him, you know, and just because you're going to get donuts with him does not mean, you know, you have to eat a dozen donuts. Like, you know, it's, it's just partaking in that activity that, you know, makes them happy and, you know, just giving like balance to, to the relationship. And you guys, you guys just sound like a beautiful couple. I'll just say that. <laughs> he's so sweet. Well, I love him a lot. He's very good to me and he supports me. And I honestly wouldn't have been back on Instagram if it weren't for him. He was the one that really supported me getting back in all of these. So you know, that in and of itself, as someone who doesn't do social media, who's so supportive of me getting back into it, just tells me a lot. And, you know, when you have somebody who supports you like that, stick with them. Well, we're all thankful that he talked you back on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Everybody's his biggest fan. I always get messages about him and I'm like, I don't know what to say. Yeah. <laughs> Not awkward at all. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned your IBS and you know, I know that's something you share about all the time. You're so open about it, which I appreciate 110%. What has been your journey with gut health? And, you know, everyone is different. You know, everyone knows whenever I have guests on that, you know, to eat your own, try what works for you. But, you know, what has been your journey with gut health? What have you found to help for you? Maybe where are you at with it now? Totally. Um, do you have IBS? I don't know what the fuck I have, but my stomach is screwed up. It is screwed up. And I don't know what okay. it is. Yet. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. Okay. So let me just say now in my life, I think back to my days in high school and college when I kind of made this farce of the, this is going to get really TMI, but like the farce of the idea that like I was having 
like explosive diarrhea all of the time. And I would just kind of joke about it with good friends, obviously. And even with my ex-boyfriend, I think he had IBS too. Um, but I won't name any names. Um, but we, oh my gosh, girl, I think back to it now and I'm like, how unbelievably unhealthy was I, you know, five years ago where I just thought it was normal to feel like gut-wrenching pain in my stomach, to have horrible, horrible bowel movements. Um, I've definitely pooped my pants multiple times in my life. There were moments where it was completely uncontrollable for me. And the last straw was one day I was working, and this was right after I graduated college, and I think it was the fall of 2015 or in 2016, and I had like gut-wrenching abdominal pain and they thought that I was having appendicitis. I end up going to the doctor and they tell me I have stress-induced IBS and that's kind of when I got it in my head that oh my gosh something's wrong like how did I not know how how have I just been and this is what I'm saying I was so aloof I was so like this is what this is there's nothing I can do to change it and I'm not gonna waste my time trying um Regardless, I worked really hard on um, getting cleaner with my eating. That turned into becoming very obsessive. Um, I became extremely obsessive about what I was eating, and I, I restricted, and I, I, um, I overate a lot, and then I would restrict. And I went through a pretty rough time. I lost a lot of weight. I was very thin. and um, I wasn't having as bad of bowel movements because I was eating really clean, but I also wasn't eating. So they say like, you know, I'm not super well-versed in like, even like Ali Bonar, Avo Queen is so good at talking about kind of disordered eating habits. And I love reading her stuff because she has so much knowledge and education. And I do want to make a disclaimer that like, I'm not all knowing in this sector, but um, I, yeah, I definitely, I think it was like a trigger. It was something where I was like, oh, this is great. Now I can use this to like restrict what I'm eating. And then I kind of got over that after a year of really trying to pull myself out. I ended up working at a bakery in Portland, which really helped me because I was kind of like eating a bunch of croissants, but then I was having gut issues again. So it's been very back and forth. And I think like when it comes to gut health, I mean, the gut is the center of your body. You know something's wrong when, when, you know, when the gut is not feeling well. For me, what changed my gut health as a whole was education. So I have read so many books. I have read thousands of blog posts. I follow so many people who are gut health experts about what types of foods I need to eat, what, what can affect the gut, you know, um, if, if you're, what types of poop mean certain things, right? And so analyzing my bowel movements, I mean, it's crazy, but if you do, you kind of understand what's going on. So it's been a journey, but now I am in such a good place with my IBS. I still have some problems for sure. I haven't seen a holistic doctor, which, um, I plan to really soon. It's just something that, you know, all of the um, financial, it's, it's very expensive. Um, but 
I am so happy with where I'm at. So at the beginning of the year, I did a coffee cleanse for a month and I missed my coffee. Now I only drink eight ounces of coffee a day, which has been a great change for me. I recommend that anybody and everybody limit yourself to one cup of coffee a day um, and find other things that, that charge you um, instead of coffee. Because I will say not only has it helped with my my gut, but it's also helped my skin um, because the gut is directly related to the skin. So coffee, fermented foods has been massive. So I drink at least a half of a kombucha a day or every other day. And then sauerkraut, I've been on for three months, about three months, and I've seen a just an incredible change in my, in my microbiome. Um, and it's just as easy as buying sauerkraut and having like a fourth cup at night with dinner um, and putting it on something you like. And I enjoy it so much. So those things have been great. And then like you just said, it's really about trial and error. So what works for you? My body um, craves routine very heavily, just like my mind does. So I eat the same thing for breakfast, usually the same thing for lunch, and pretty much the same thing for dinner every night. It's not a restriction thing. It's more because I really enjoy the foods I'm eating and it also works for my body. So I'm in a really good place with my gut health, but it's been a, gosh, like now a six year process of just trial and error. And I know too, like every six to eight months, something kind of comes up and then I have to take a step back and be like, okay, what am I eating? What should I eat instead? Maybe I should implement something different. Um, I've also tried to cut out as much dairy as possible. So pretty much the only dairy I will have is in like a perfect bar because I love perfect bars. And then um, I'll eat um, goat's milk cheese. So cheese from a goat um, rather than a cow because it's much more easily digestible. Um, and then something that doesn't work for me, which is really interesting, it's like any types of like vegan foods. So like Going to vegan restaurants, I found really, really hurt my stomach. So um, kind of like foods that have a lot of soy or you're trying to make a certain meal out of different things. I found that a bunch of ingredients end up really hurting my, my tummy. So that's just my personal. Off of what you just said, I find also the simpler my meals are, the easier it is to digest. And I mean, that is like, you know, proven the less, because the individual enzymes for everything you take in, if you're eating a meal with 20, 30 ingredients, obviously that's going to cause some distress. So I, I love like simple meals, you know, just keeping it really basic and whole foods, you know, just trying to make it as easy as possible, I guess, for my, you know, stomach to break it down and shoot, I forget. Oh yeah. And what you mentioned about the sauerkraut, I absolutely love that taste. I've started putting it like you said, I just put some on my dinner every night. Mm -hmm. So tasty. <laughs> Works wonders. I love it. It's so good. And I hated it my entire life. I had not eaten sauerkraut more than once until three months ago. And oh, I wow. Mm -hmm. See, I loved it from the start. I was lucky in that. I just, I liked it naturally, but I know some people hate it, hate it so much. <laughs> it's, it's a thing, but it's so great for you and it's so great for your skin. So it's, it's just all together. Really, really, I think important, important. It's not a food group, but like a food side. 
Yes. <laughs> a little aside. And you mentioned your skin and obviously the gut correlates to the skin so bad. I know immediately when there's certain foods that I know if I eat them, you know, it'll break out. And I, I don't let myself get worked up because I know stress can do that too. I just accept it. And sure enough, you know, within a day or two, <laughs> the skin breaks out. But, you know, how, how have you really worked to, you know, improve your skin? I know you mentioned before you had some genetics, some lifestyle, acne. And I'm just curious if you have found, you know, a product or a certain routine even, you know, of washing, cleansing, whatever that works for your skin type at least. Totally. So you have beautiful skin, by the way. Like oh. you. <laughs> uh, it's the full lighting too, but your skin is glowing. Um, so my skin is skincare or I guess like acne in general is a pretty big part of my page, part of my Instagram. I have a lot of women who follow me and men who suffer from genetic or just, you know, even um, postpartum, just acne in general. Um, so it's a very important part of my lifestyle. I am massively, massively into taking care of my skin. Um, and I've just become really obsessed with the idea of getting non-toxic products and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So I grew up with genetic acne. My dad suffered from horrible, horrible acne. My brother, who's younger than me, suffered from honestly the worst acne i've ever seen anyone have i mean like he would get zits and his eyes would blow up because the inflammation would rise into his eyelid and it was so sad so my brother was put on accutane and my parents asked do you want to go on to accutane and i i wanted to and you know after trial of really like after sitting down and really thinking about it we decided not to do it because my both of my my mom, my mom is a nurse and my dad's a physician and you know the side effects are infertility and they just didn't want to put me on it that being said i have so many friends that did accutane it changed their lives it was so amazing for them i'm a proponent of anything that works for you i didn't go on accutane um i started a new birth control i'm currently on the NuvaRing, and i have been on the NuvaRing for now four or five years and it started to clear up my skin and I was super happy. I started using like random all natural products when I graduated college. When I was in college, my acne was terrible. And I'll tell you what it was from. Eating poorly and drinking alcohol. Alcohol, I'm, I swear I'm allergic to alcohol. Um, I should get tested, but it completely ravaged me. Um, not, not taking good care of my diet completely ravaged me. And this was in addition to, to my genetic acne. Um, so then when I graduated college, I started doing yoga. I started really sweating and the, the physical exercise helps me so much like, um, sweating out and like de-stressing really helps me. So things were great. And then I went to Portland and I went through the worst cystic breakout that I've ever had in my entire life. I was 23 going on 24 and my skin was so bad. I'll tell you, I mean, I would just wake up and cry because the pain was so unbearable. And I have a pretty high pain tolerance too. Um, I couldn't like put my head because the blood would rush into the like cysts and it would just like throb. So anyway, 
I went to an esthetician who recommended Dermalogica to me, um, the adult Medivac line, and I started using that, and um, it totally cleared my skin up, and I just had to suffer through scars for about a year and a half after the fact, um, and I still, of course, have scars now. Um, and so what's happened since then is I was using Dermalogica pretty steadily, and then I got back into Instagram, and I started really learning about the non-toxic skincare world. And that's been a massive component of my page for the last few months. And it is even more so now. So I have a very, very, very involved skincare routine that doesn't take more than five minutes, but like works so well for me. So my favorite products that I'm using right now are Lark Skin Co. So that's from St. Louis. They're a small women-owned business um, in St. Louis, Missouri. They do all non-toxic natural skincare products, and they also do consults. So like, the reason I love them so much is they're a small enough company that you can call them and tell them and talk to them about your skin, and they'll like get pictures, ask you questions, and really find out about who you are um, as a person and then recommend skincare products based off of that. And all of their products are just amazing. Um, so I use their stuff. And then I recently started using January labs, their cleanser, um, and then like a facial mist and a, a tonic love their stuff. Um, Coco kinds is like, end all be all. If I have, if I'm on a trip or something and I like, Oh my God, I forgot something. The first thing I'm going to go for is Coco Kind. I love Coco. She's uh, Priscilla, but um, she's amazing. She's an amazing woman. And again, woman-owned business, all for it. They have really amazing products too because they make a lot of natural like highlighters and makeups, which I love. And then, so January Laps for cleanser. Then I do a, a um, I don't know what it's called, a tonic, toner, tonic um, to wipe things off. And then I use my Lark Vitamin C. I recommend Vitamin C for everybody because it really gives you this natural glow. Um, and it has so many just like healing benefits and properties for your skin. Then I use a toner from Lark. And then lately I've been using Honest Beauty Moisturizer. I really like Honest Beauty as well because they're at a super low price point. And so I have a lot of women who follow me that are on a budget just like I am. And Honest is great because you can find it at Target, super low price which is awesome. And then I've started doing enzyme peels at home. So I'm doing um, three times a week doing an enzyme peel mask from Naturopathica. And it's a cherry peel, um, non-toxic as well. And it's absolutely incredible. And then with Dermalogica, I use their daily microfoliant. So I exfoliate my skin with their microfoliant um, usually once a day. And that's the only like non-toxic thing I use. Um, and my skin has never felt better. So, and I got all of this information, like a lot of this information came from, um, the true spoon. She's on Instagram. Um, her name is Celeste and she's a holistic skincare expert. And I just watch a lot of her stories. She has so much knowledge and I watch a lot of other people on Instagram and just kind of try to take, they know. I, I feel that my, my skin has been like such a journey in itself. And what you mentioned before, you know, with, when you get like the cysts. I mean, even five months ago, that's where I was at. I remember the one point I was laying down doing yoga and my cat's tail like brushed across my forehead and I erupted in tears. And similar to you, I mean, <laughs> I, you know, I could, I have a very high pain tolerance and that made me cry so much because it just hurt. And 
I've yet to really find anything that works too great besides just like food. But I'm curious about that Lark um, brand that you mentioned. I, I just saw them, I think on like Sammy J.E.'s yeah. story. She was she just so- posted something about them. Yeah, so Sam is my best friend, and she is who <laughs> everybody on Instagram knows. <laughs> um, but she is she introduced me to the women at Lark, and so Sam and I um, both use Lark products um, pretty like exclusively. Besides, I use she doesn't have to use as much skincare stuff as I do. She is really naturally has really great skin. Um, but I, yeah, I love Lark. They're, they're amazing. And they just came out with all natural perfume and I'm excited to, to use that. So there's so many great products out there that I think, um, if you just sit down and like commit yourself to learning and commit yourself to knowing, um, you know, if alcohol is in the first five ingredients of a toner, you shouldn't use that toner. Um, if you're really, if you care about holistic skincare, you know, sitting down and committing yourself to the knowledge I believe that knowledge is power and that knowledge has literally cleared my skin. Knowing what I know, I feel like my skin is clearer and I don't know how to explain that, but I really do believe that it's like a mind body type of thing where when I started learning more and I started using the right products and understanding how to apply moisturizers and how to do those types of things, um, that's when my skin has really just started to not only clear up, but to like just kind of like, have an have an essence to it so and i don't know if this you know correlates to your skin at all but something else you opened up not too long ago is your experience with i'm going to try to say it idiopath idiopathic angioedema you're so you're so great you got it right the first time idiopathic angioedema (laughs) okay it's a mouthful it's a mouthful yeah (laughs) would you mind like just sharing your journey with this because I, I mean, once you posted that, the comments coming in of people who have it as well or have something similar, it just shocked me. Because as you said, you know, it's, it's not too common, I don't believe, but even the amount of people that follow you and suffer from this, I mean, yeah. would you just mind sharing, you know, your journey with it and, I mean, just, you know, where you're at with it now? Totally. So... I still get messages to this day. Um, when people go on the hashtag, most likely if they had an outbreak, they'll go on the hashtag and find my picture and message me. Um, it's something that, so when I talked to you before about how I had that really bad abdominal pain and I went in and they told me it was stress-induced IBS, it was also due to my angioedema, which I didn't know I had at the time. So it manifests in very different ways. One of the ways it manifests is an extremely painful, like abdominal pain. So you kind of feel like you have like really bad cramps or like you're contracting. Um, I didn't really understand what was happening to me, but senior year of high school, I started feeling like there were tennis balls, like tennis ball masses forming within my feet, on the bottom of my feet, if that makes sense. So I would tell my parents, I'm like, I can't go out today because I can't walk because it feels like I'm walking on tennis balls and it's extremely painful. And my, like I said, my dad's a physician. So he immediately was like kind of concerned, but was like, okay, we don't really know what she's talking about because the thing is, is you can't see it um, depending on where it is. And on the feet, it's really difficult to see because the skin is so taut on your feet that it's not going to turn into like this super 
um, like pushy red hive, right? It's just going to be under the skin, under this top skin. It started happening so much that my parents were like, okay, maybe she's telling the truth. And then when I was in college, one, one quarter of my lip blew up and my dad was like, okay, there's clearly a problem. And then the next day I had had like um, a blow up in my finger and I went to the rheumatologist. She's like an allergist. They gave me like 80 blood tests, couldn't find anything, said that I most likely have idiopathic angioedema, which is essentially, angioedema is, um, so edema, swelling, and so angioedema is like the swelling of, it's like blood swelling, kind of, um, like in under your skin, and idiopathic means that there's no known cause. So you either have like genetic angioedema or idiopathic, and so no one in my family has it, I just have it. Uh, randomly. And so right before I left for graduate school, it was like two in the morning and I could feel my lips tingling and I didn't know what was going on. And I went out and looked in the mirror and that's the picture I posted on my Instagram. Um, really scary. So my lips blew up to about four times their normal size and I already have very big lips. So I, I looked like it was like a botched surgery. Um, and anyone else it would look like a gorgeous lip plump. But um, I looked insane, and I immediately got rushed to the ER. They, you know, checked, like, to make sure that I wasn't going to have to have, like, an anaphylactic tube because there's obviously the biggest concern is that my throat closes up because, because it's on the lips, right? So back of the mouth. And at that point, I was just like, what's going on? Why is this happening? Um, and my doctor just told me that they, they think it's because of stress. They think it's because of stress. That's when I started my Instagram and I really was just like, okay, I want to get healthier. I want to clean my diet up. And over the years, my hives have kind of come and go. I have not, like I said, have not seen a holistic doctor for any of this. But funny enough is I did meet a guy that I went on a date with when I first moved to Portland who actually has it. And he had a really extreme version of it. And um, gave me a lot of knowledge and information and education on it and made me feel a lot less isolated and scared, which is kind of what I had hoped to do for my followers and talking about it. But what I do know is that it is highly, highly, and I'm, I'm, I'm almost positive a holistic doctor would tell me this, and this is why I really want to go talk to somebody. I do think it is highly, um, in my case, concerned with my gut and kind of concerned with, with that, that health. And so right when I started eating cleaner, um, when I started working out more, when my stress was naturally reduced, I started to lose the hives. I have not gotten a hive, a, a true hive in almost eight months now. The last hive I got was at my college graduation. I was extremely stressed because um, my grad school graduation, my entire family was there and they stressed me out. So I got a hive then. And then funny enough, I got a hive right before I posted the photo to Instagram the day before. And I think it was, you know, once again, the stress of that vulnerability can be really stressful. But I take care of myself in a way now where, you know, I don't use 
I use very little toxic products, um, cleaning products, chemicals, soaps, shampoos, conditioners. I mean, everything is non-toxic. I eat super healthy, as healthy as I can eat, um, but I still, you know, have fun. I, I work out regularly, which I think is super important um, because a big part of it is like kind of lymphatic drainage. So to be able to kind of get my body moving and to do yoga and to sweat, I think is really important. And at this point, I'm just waiting. I'm crossing my fingers that I never get another big hive again. But um, once I once I do, which I'm sure I will, like six to eight months, I plan to go see somebody and with just kind of like with with legitimate tangible proof. I think it's something that I want it to happen again so I can take a picture of it, really get in like the depths of what it feels like and what it looks like on camera and on video, and then take that to a holistic doctor because like I said, it's it's a pretty invisible disorder. So it's something that um, I'm sure I'm sure someone who is super talented would be able to figure out without seeing it. But I think for me and my own skepticism, I would like to be able to bring them some, some proof and um, tangible examples. I think that makes complete sense too, because it helps them realize like just how serious it is. I know I had a circulation issue in my hands where they would just lose all circulation. And the one time when it was at its worst, you know, like, there was no blood in my hands at all. And my friend I was with told me, like, take a picture, take a picture really quick. So I did. And sure enough, you know, by the time we got to the ER, it was already starting to recede. And they're like, oh, you know, it's not too bad. And then I showed them the pictures and that changed the whole conversation. So I think, like you said, and even if you are a bit skeptical about it, having those photos certainly helps with that. And, and I will say, oh, yeah. I was just going to say the one thing that's really, really helped me is, um, the consumption of CBD. So CBD is so anti-inflammatory and that's really one of my big things is, and is right. My body's inflamed. So I try to have as many anti-inflammatory foods as I can have during the day. So like, even if I'm just like sprinkling turmeric onto something in my life, I'm like happy, but I take CBD every single day. And I think that's a massive component to my body kind of having those um, physical risks, like those receptors becoming relaxed by the CBD. Um, because I think that a lot of it is really kind of this unconscious, my body unconsciously getting stressed about certain things. So, so taking CBD has been a, a massive help. How do you, cause I, I just got, it's the cured nutrition brand. I got their um, magnesium CBD sleepers, which knocked me out. Love those. And then um, I got the mint one too, but I don't know like the best way to take it. Like, do you take it in the morning at night? Um, like, cause I know like you can, I think the mint one you can add to stuff or do you just put it under your tongue? You can add CBD to anything. I add CBD to anything and everything. So my routine, the mint is no THC which is awesome. Um, and then I actually take the one that has a small percentage of THC. And the only reason it has THC in it is to really kind of like highlight the, the full properties of the CBD. But if you're, if you're in a position where you're going to be drug tested, I would just say, don't take the risk, get the mint one. Um, but so like in the morning, I wake up every morning and I take a full dropper and just put it under my tongue, hold it there for a minute, take it down. Um, I use the raw gel caps 
but you can do that with the mint one. The mint one is take a full dropper in the morning. And then throughout the day, I microdose. So I have like cinnamon and honey spice that I put on my coffee every morning. They just came out with hemp hearts actually. So I've been adding that to all my food. Um, so I microdose kind of throughout the day when I, when I remember and when I have time. And then at night I take like the ones that you have, the Zen capsules. So it's a combination of like ashwagandha, lion's mane, magnesium, chamomile, flour, and then the CBD, no THC in that. And I take that at night. So I think it's really up to you. It's preference. You know, I'm personally someone that really loves, um, loves the relaxed feeling I get. And I love taking it in the morning and the night, but there's certain times where I can't get it in the morning. So I just take my Zen cap at night and you want to have an, a real experience. Take, um, take some of your mint with your, with your Zen. <laughs> really not. <laughs> um, I shouldn't be promoting that on this, but, um, no. <laughs> but yeah, so I really think that like the cool thing about CBD is it's not going to create a hallucinogenic effect, on, hallucinogenic effect on you. It's not going to make you trip out. It's, it's really so healing. It's so healing and you can do it at, do it. You can take it at any time of day. You can do it in the afternoon if you forgot to do it in the morning or if you want double, have some in the afternoon. I add my, so it tends to like over 350, I believe the properties tend to kind of like lean out, um, like heat wise. So you just want to be careful if you're baking that you don't go over 350 in the oven. So I'll make muffins, but make sure that I don't heat, make the heat too high. And then, um, if I put CBD in like my matcha, Oh, essentially I'll put CBD in my matcha versus my coffee because, or tea, because the tea is boiling water. I know the CBD is going to like lose a lot of its properties, but with my matcha, the, the water is, um, has much less temperature. I think actually, is not boiling 212? I think so. Yeah, 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 it is. Yeah. So pretty much you can put CBD in anything. Don't listen to me, everybody. Um, but yeah, I, I, you can just throw it in whatever you want. And the mint flavor too, making like a mint chip smoothie. So using that mint as the mint um, essential oil for like a mint chip, like a, you know, cacao chip smoothie is like the best thing I've ever had. Wow. I'm going to like run to my kitchen after this. Do it. That sounds so good. Yeah, go or just go look up online like um mint cacao nib mint smoothie and then um whenever it says add peppermint essential oil, just add your mint CBD instead. Dang, I yeah, that I'm I need to try that. Wow. <laughs> Girl, your life your life will be changed. Honestly. Yeah, and I that's why I wanted to get into like C B D in the first place is um I mean I know some people use it for anxiety and everything, but I my body's just in constant, you know, like inflammation mode. And I, I figured if I could take CBD, anything, like you said, anti-inflammatory foods and low impact, I do anything I can to help calm the inflammation. And CBD is something that I just really wanted to start implementing, you know, and try it for a bit. So you've inspired me to try some more. <laughs> Yay. That makes me happy. And the thing about CBD is like, I mean, I, okay, this is not like a disclaimer. This is not like a claim, but it's really not going to hurt you in any way. If it's like purely CBD, I, I can't talk about anything that has THC in it, but 
purely CBD, it's like, if you take it, just, you know, I recommend that everybody try it, see how you feel. You know, my dad doesn't really like it. He's not really into it. That's okay. It's cool. Like do your thing, you know, but I think that it, it can't hurt to try. It's one of those things. We're so unbelievably lucky to be living in this time because we have the opportunity to try so many things that previous generations did not have the opportunity to try due to like legal regulations and um, lack of knowledge. And so the fact that CBD is legal and we can order it and we can have it and we can use it as a natural, um, almost like a natural remedy to a lot of, a lot of pain and a lot of issues. I mean, it's like, to me, it's a no brainer. Honestly. No. And like you said, I think what's the harm in trying, you know, I mean, give it a go. Maybe it changes your life. Maybe you decide you don't want to do it. And at least you tried. Exactly. So last question before we do some rapid fire ones. Uh, okay. I hate those. I'm so bad at those. <laughs> <laughs> <Be> fine. <laughs> okay. Okay. How has Instagram, you know, what has been the biggest lessons you've learned from it? And how has it allowed you to cultivate such beautiful friendships as, you know, I know you have made through the app that we all sometimes hate and sometimes love? Totally. Well, even like this, this has been such a wonderful conversation and it's all because of Instagram and I have a very simple answer. The energy that you give out on Instagram to your friends, to your family and in life, I believe is the energy that you receive back. If you truly manifest a positive attitude and if you truly manifest positivity and happiness and love, you will get all of those things back and more. I've had such a positive experience with Instagram because I like to give out positivity and I don't use it as a space for negative emotions or thoughts. And that doesn't mean that I'm not real about being sad or frustrated or angry but I soften my heart to the idea of being vulnerable with people I don't know. And I allow them to feel supported in, in a really beautiful community that we've all created kind of by coming together. And so I really just believe that if you look at social media as a tool for, for positivity and a, a place to just give more love to so many more people, that, like I just said, that previous generations never had the chance to do without the internet, then I believe that you will get all of that goodness back and more. I love that. I always have a starting quote. And as soon as you started saying that, I was like, this is what people need to hear. This will be that. So thank you. For yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you've been an amazing guest and we'll just close up with two rapid fire questions that I have. Okay. They're not that rapid. Okay. If you okay. Can. Well, I go on tangents. If you haven't heard, I <laughs> forty-five minutes one answer, forty-five minutes another answer. So those are the best guests. I love those ones. Oh, I'm so glad because I was like, oh my god, you're talking too much. Stop, and then I couldn't stop. <laughs> no, some people don't talk enough, and then I have to. Then I start rambling. So you did amazing. <laughs> okay, good, good. Rather me ramble than you ramble, right? Exactly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> if you could meet anybody, past or present, who would it be? These are things I need to think about. Um, you can think on it. You can think on it. No, wait, let me think. Oh, I guess present. You said present, right? Yeah, I can be. Yeah, either or. Present? Okay. Gosh, who is like a, who is someone that I just love? <laughs> figure. I don't really know. You know who I would love to meet? I would love to meet Pema Chodron. 
She is a Buddhist monk. Um, she wrote a book called When Things Fall Apart, um, Hard Advice for Difficult Times. That book changed my life. She is an extremely wise woman, extremely wise. Talks about confronting your fears and really how to sit in, sit in the shit. Um, and she's so cool. She is, she's Western. So she's from the United States, was married. Her husband cheated on her, left her, and she became a monk. And man, she is just so incredibly wise. And I would love to be able to sit down with her for an hour and just hear her thoughts on life. I love that one. I've never heard of her, but now I want to find that book. You should tell, you should like put it on the description of this podcast. Everyone should read that book. It's so good. Pema Chodron. She's incredible. Okay. I will. I'll find her and I'll link, I'll link her stuff because I, I want to check that out and I'll take For your sure. advice. Everyone should. Yeah, her stuff is good. She talks a lot about to um, accepting change, which I've, you know, really hard time with as a routine person, but really how to, how to take yourself out and accept that. So it's cool. Perfect. And okay. So this answer can't be the same, but what is one book you'd recommend everybody read besides that one? (laughs) That'll be the first book. (laughs) This will be the second book that everybody needs to read after that one. (laughs) Okay. Um, well, I'll just say this because I just read this and I thought it was so, so, so interesting. No, I'm going to change my answer. This is going to be, this is actually going to be a pretty common answer that you get. Okay. But everyone needs to read The Alchemist by Paul Cahelio. Have you heard of that book? I've heard of it. Nobody has ever suggested it though. And I've never read it. So (laughs) great. Go wherever you are, download it on your Kindle go buy it. It's such a quick read. You will finish it in three days, read it and then pick it back up in eight months and read it again. And then pick it back up in eight months and read it again. The premise of the book is that it's a boy on a journey for answers. And what he realizes is that all of the answers that he had were always inside of him. And I think that is the key to self-awareness and the key to life is knowing that everything that we need and everything that we have has always been and will always be inside of us. And when you have that, um, when you have the comfort of knowing that, life feels a lot easier. And it's a really great book to kind of put it in in tangible sense. I I I want to get that now, actually. That sounds so good. Go download it. Oh my. Go download it. I will. (laughs) Well, yeah, and I'll I'll be linking that one too because everybody needs to read a little bit more. Educate. <laughs> I love that question. That's a great question that I feel like everybody does need to read a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. doing my part to help. <laughs> You're awesome, girl. Well, thank you so much. You were an amazing guest. I'm just smiling the whole time because you're such an amazing person. So thank you. <laughs> Are you kidding? Thank you. I, I just want to say, like, I feel really honored to have been asked to be on this podcast. And I think what you're doing is amazing. And your page, like your Instagram, everything you do is so inspiring. And the fact that I could sit here and connect with you for the last hour has just made my day. Like we're humans built for human connection. And the fact that we can have these conversations is just such a beautiful part of life. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you. I'm still over the moon excited that I got to sit down and chat with Olivia Nosita at All of Eats. My heart is full. 
still is full after that amazing conversation. I hope you guys took something away. I know I, you know, definitely had my mind spinning after we got done talking. And, you know, I messaged her a while later with just some thoughts that she had brought up. And I just thought the whole scenario, the entire experience was such a growing chance for me to see someone so, so comfortable in her ways. And that's something I aspire to be, you know, just fully comfortable with where I'm at. And I'm getting there. We're all a work in project, prod, progress after all, aren't we now? So, you know, just to recap on some of the books she recommends, and I'm probably going to butcher these names, but let's try here. They'll be linked below too. So the first one was When Things Fall Apart by Pema Chodron. Linked below once more if you need to find it. I'm curious to check that one out. And then the second one was The Alchemist by Paulo Colo. Not sure about that last name, <laughs> but find it below as well. If you want to connect with her, learn more about her, watch her funny, raw, unfiltered, loving stories each day and see her inspirational post pop up, you can find her on Instagram at olive.eats. I'm going to spell it now, so get ready. O-L-I-V-E period E-E-E-A-T-S. Now you can find her. You can find me on Instagram at thrive underscore on life. Tag us in your stories if you share today's podcast episode. Message us if something resonated with you. And if you're really feeling called to it, go ahead on iTunes and leave a rate review or subscribe for the show. Helps others find us and you'll be entered to win a giveaway from me, including Four Sigmatic and Primal Kitchen Goods. And yes, this giveaway will actually happen this time. I know the last few fell short, but let's really make this happen and continue building this amazing community that we have. Stay tuned for next week's episode and I'll talk to you later. Bye guys.